Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news, and your views. Alan Corcoran. But first of all, as someone said, it's simply no longer acceptable. I'm joined in the studio by Caroline O'Connell. Good morning to you, Caroline. Morning, Alan. Caroline, you have a story to share with us today, and we are all huge supporters of the work of Wexford General Hospital. We fought to save it. But at this point in time, your mum has been through a horrific 24 hours. Can you tell us what happened? Well, um, two weeks ago, um, she wasn't well. She was being sick, and she had terrible pain in her back, and we went to her GP, and she was uh, given injections for both the nausea and the pain. The nausea injection worked. The pain injection didn't really. She was still in quite a lot of pain after a few hours. So I rang an ambulance to bring her up to hospital, and um, they came, they triaged her, and they brought her up at about half past three and because of the circumstances no one was allowed to go with her into um, the ED area and um, she was basically on a trolley in the corridor because there was so many people in there Hmm. and um, she was on the trolley before she got a room for about 24 hours Sorry, she was on, on the trolley for 24 hours? Yeah and she's in her 80s, isn't she? Yes, she is, yeah. How did that affect her? She, was, she wasn't happy at all. I got a phone call around midnight that night to come and collect her. And I said, oh, are you being let go? Have they done everything? She said, no, I want to go home. I want to get a porter to put me in a wheelchair and wheel me out and take me home. And I said, but you're not finished yet. I said, I don't care. I want to go home. I've been here too long. Um, so I went up to the hospital I spoke to a receptionist who got a nurse out and they brought me into the ED to talk to her Mm. and I could see like not only were there people on trolleys in the corridors there were people sitting in chairs and all the rooms were full if she'd been in a room it wouldn't have been so bad because you can control the lighting and you're you know you have a bit of privacy but she was in the corridor near the the doctors and nurses station every time someone beeped for assistance the the bell would go off literally over her head mm-hmm. so it was it was busy you know and um, can, can you describe did she talk to you about what she, she the 24 hours were like well it was the passage of time uh, that yeah. there was so much time and the discomfort of being on a trial yeah 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 and I mean, if, if it was somebody younger, they'd probably sit there on their phone, you know, playing along with things and just reading. But, you know, she's 82. She doesn't do the internet. Yeah. So she kind of was very aware of the passage of time, particularly because, you know, she was she was getting some pain relief, but, you know, it wasn't taking fully care of it. Mm. But um, it it's... What I could see in there is like that there's so many patients and there was, you know, that there were several people sitting outside in chairs and the staff were, they were run ragged. Mm -hmm. The the problem is that there just isn't enough of them. I have a a comment in from a listener. We, We have this listener's phone number. They don't want to be named and I can understand they want to protect their privacy. Just listened to the news about long waiting times to get a bed after arriving in A&E. I had surgery last week at Wexford Hospital. 
Uh, Saturday, the, the rounds were done by the doctor, was happy for me to be discharged home as soon as my catheter was removed. This was done by 9.30am. I wasn't discharged until 5.30pm. My bed could have been used for a new patient from 10am. There was no reason for me to be sat on my bed waiting to go home for eight hours. Now that to me would indicate that the, the staff is under, are, are under ferocious yeah. pressure. And I mean, I couldn't sit here. You cannot condemn the staff of Extra General Hospital Absolutely because not. of what they've been through yeah. during the last two and a half torrid years. Yeah. So where do you lay the blame? Management, the HSE, um, that this this goes the whole way up mm. to the minister. The minister should know that these things are going on. Probably does know that these things are going on, but doesn't seem to be doing anything to take care of it. Like mm. that there's everybody has this kind of story. I've I've had people say it to me and you know that there's there's a lot of these stories my mother isn't unique mm. but the problem is like that you know nobody seems to be doing anything about it something happens and it becomes accepted practice that instead of say having yeah. 10 people on that you've got six and do, do you lay the blame in any way at the political parties currently in power and the representation here Caroline and you, uh, you don't have to answer the question if you're not comfortable <laughs> with it because I, I, I'll give you an example we've been following two stories all this week one is the MRI scanner which I'm not going to go back into it in detail again because yeah. I've spoken to our representatives they've given their view I've expressed our concerns the bottom line is that Kilkenny Wexford and Mullingar all applied at the same time Kilkenny and Mullingar are now in the process of being built Wexford is still at a, almost an appraisal stage or certain funding. It also comes to the 70-bed unit in Kilkenny and the 96-bed unit in Wexford. The 70-bed unit in, we- in Kilkenny, I'm led, has been approved and we're still at the 96-bed appraisal stage for our hospital, yeah. which if that had gone ahead or was in the process, your mother wouldn't find herself in this situation, no. would she? no. And it's it's a shortage. So, so do you think that the politicians need to get their finger out, the ones that are in power? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it's become... It's, it's almost become an acceptable practice that, you know, it's, oh, COVID. You can blame COVID. Oh, we've a shortage of staff because of COVID. Or, you know, that they always have an excuse, but they never seem to have a solution. Mm. And you end up then with people like my mother sitting on a trolley for 24 hours waiting for a bed and once she got a bed she was treated so well and well looked after but it's just trying to find the the resources Hmm. and the staff i mean that that woman there who said about you know the waiting or the the caller who said about getting the the catheter out at half nine and then being kept in till half five because they're waiting to be discharged i mean that's that's down to probably getting discharge papers ready, getting prescriptions ready for going home. And, you know, the staff don't have time to be doing that straight after they say you can go. And again, it's a shortage of staff. How's your mother now? She's fine. She's good. She's she's herself again. You know, it was it was a long, long weekend for her. She came out on the Tuesday, and she was delighted to be home. And, and she's well again. She is, yeah. So she when she she got good care and attention within the hospital. She did, yes. And that's important to mention as absolutely, well. Absolutely, absolutely. What would you like to see happen, Caroline? Well, I'd I'd like to see a proper concerted effort by our politicians on both a local and a national level and the HSE on a management level mm. as as in Paul Reed and his staff mm. 
um, to take a look at the numbers compared to what they were maybe not pre-COVID but in the last five years and see what the difference is. Yeah. You know, the the doctor-nurse to patient ratio. Okay. And see what can be done to bring down the appalling waiting times. I mean, I know that they triage people when you go in and you're treated based on the severity of your condition. And if someone more ill or injured than you comes in, of course they're going to be dealt with first. Mm. But that shouldn't mean that if someone comes in uh, you know, with, with a broken arm or a broken leg. I've, I've been up a couple of times to ED, either yeah. dropping people off or collecting them, and there's always someone in a sports shirt, yeah. a youngster in a sports shirt at the weekend who's played a match and probably fractured a, ri- a wrist or an ankle. Yeah. And they're they're there for seven and eight hours as well. Okay. Look, you've raised some very interesting points. We're going to follow up on this. Uh, Simon says it's no wonder that the emergency department is overcrowded. GPs are not uh, seeing patients in their surgery because there's a shortage of GPs. It's impossible to get an appointment with a GP, says Simon. Doom and gloom again, says this listener, Mary. She's not too happy. She says she's going to switch off until uh, this depressing story is over. The reality of it is that we have to highlight these issues, Caroline, for your ma'am. If I don't, if you didn't highlight that, and I know yeah. Maria covered it in the People newspaper this week mm-hmm. as well. These are serious issues that it, it befalls people like me and print journalists to highlight. Absolutely. Because if we don't highlight them, they won't get out there. So I, I yeah. make no apology for highlighting this story. And I can understand that it is depressing, but at the same yeah. time, it's it's also anger-inducing that mm. um, everyone will know someone in the last while who who's had an experience where they've been waiting six, seven hours. Yeah. And You'll get staff coming out from the ED and explaining that there's a delay, that, you know, you will be held for six or seven hours. Yeah. You're getting a lot of reaction, and, uh, and we'll keep the comments coming in. You can contact Mary Ann on 053 914 if you prefer to uh, phone in your message, or you can text or WhatsApp us on 087 um, uh, to share your view on this. Thank you for joining me in studio. Thank you very much. And at the end of the day, you have to look after, we have to look after our mams and dads and relatives, don't we? Oh, and, that's, and that's what you were doing. Yeah. 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 Thanks for, for taking time to talk to us, Caroline. Thank you, Alex. Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Chat, news and your views.